All right, so the program is up and running. This is Talk Fury. We started, um, I started recording after we were already kind of chilling here. Um, Eric Hudson is here, Dr. Springler, Phoenix Kaleeder. Everybody's talking furiously. And we were just riffing about um, me transferring to another factory with the same company, but to uh, Michigan. And, um, and now I'm on second shift for the first time since 2009. So I'm going in. Um, we leave the house early in the hour of 2. The shift starts at 2.55 and get off at 11 p.m. And then I get back to the crib. And uh, basically, I have time to, like, play, like, two videos on YouTube, you know, like, watch Jimmy Dore yell about something and then watch... That guy. Um, Watch Sagar and Jetty say some bullshit about something. His boot looking ass, and then um and then have one joint on the back porch, and then shower, and it's off to sleep. And then I deliberately watch the clock because I don't sleep the full eight hours, but right, I don't right. I don't force myself to get up. When I wake up, I stay down and I let my body yeah. stay down, and then I get up, yeah. and then it's um. I, I listen to more news while I cook my food for my shift and put it and get my lunch ready. And then I come here into the office and I do podcast work for about three hours and then off to the shift. Yeah, man. Um, I'm just blown away by just the deterioration of workers' rights. And it's just... That's just fucking insane. I mean, I'm sorry. I was been ignorant on that. You know, I mean, uh, but that's so insane. And I know that's lame just for me to just say, it's just, I'm, you know, it's just hard to process seven days a week. But you know what? It reminds me of Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man at the um, the American Great White Paint Company, man. I mean, it, it's, it's um, you know, I hope you just continue to keep reporting on this. Um, because America needs to know about this this underclass. Um, you know, we it's ironic. We keep hearing about how much money Biden is raising, and it's like these bragging rights. But yet, meanwhile, you know, this just you know. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm rambling. My man, my bad. My bad. <laughs> You're living. You're living. Okay, Doctor yeah. Springler is there, and um, now. One thing that I know, I'm, I'm going to get a message in my inbox any minute now with Dr. Springler saying, hey, William, I'm going to need your bald-headed ass to get on board with Joe Biden because we need to replace Ginsburg. She's riding with Biden. <laughs> Is that coming, Dr. Springler? No. I don't know, though. And I find it pretty, uh, I actually think that liberals have less of a leg to stand on now that RGB has uh, hit us. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of people have been saying, oh, we got to, you know, RGB has to retire or she's going to die. We got to get somebody in to replace her and it's, now that argument's gone, she she made a poor decision to not retire during Obama's term. Obama didn't care, you know, his administration didn't care. Um, so, you know, that's my thing. Now everybody's pushing to keep that argument. Everyone is pushing to keep, uh, what is it, to have the appointment, uh, the Supreme Court appointment after the election. 
And I'm kind of like, y'all dug this grave. You see, this, this, this is how government works. You handed Republicans on a silver platter this opportunity. I don't know, you know, and they're pretty feckless. They're not going to protest. They're not going to do anything about it. All they're going to talk about is voting. So, I mean, I don't, what keeps them from putting, you know, appointing somebody before the election, I don't know. There's literally nothing even in the Constitution that says not to. So, I, they kind of, you know, well, doctor, I don't know what to, I don't know what else to say or expect, you know. Doctor, let me ask you a question. Now you said she made, you know, she she, she you said she made a poor decision. I don't, you know, you're looking at a you're looking at a, a queen. She got a crown on her head. I don't know if you noticed, but she is pictured more often than not with a crown over her head. When do you have ever seen royalty step down? Why would you expect her to step down? You know, the, the, when they, once these folks get in office, I, I think I don't understand why people are surprised that she got this crown on her head, like Biggie Smalls, that same crown. I mean, would you expect Biggie to see the microphone? Yeah, I would say the same for everyone. I mean, people they they huh. make these they make these these tepid, you know, flawed politicians and representatives into these like royalty. When like no one else would expect them to be royalty, like like other people retire, other judges, conservative and liberal alike, white men, retire because they know that it's strategic to retire. But a woman gets involved and we can't critique her, and she's like this weird mythic goddess that she never lived up to. And then you know, or you got Obama, you try to critique Obama, and you you there's this strange mythos around him because of the disadvantages that came with. You know him coming into office, and I, I and I think it's bullshit. I think it's not strategic. I don't think it helps oppress people. And Ginsburg is a great example. Why didn't she retire at eighty damn years old? She should have been able to retire and take. Everyone's like, oh, she had all this weight on her shoulders. Why would that be a thing? That is the most unstrategic decision I can think of. Is to make an eighty-year-old continue now into a, you know, a Republican, potentially Republican, uh, you know presidency, but liberals were so high on themselves during the Obama presidency, they didn't think that Trump would win. They well, I just think that they, I just think it's not, I just think that it's not, it's not these folks, I think you're, you're, you're asking for a strategic from these people and they're just, if they were strategic, they wouldn't, they would have, you know, they, they would have, they would have voted for Bernie and we, we would have, Trump would be DOA on arrival right now. But I don't think it, that I think that the reality is is that these people want power, and Ginsburg wanted power, and I think that most of them die in office. So a few of them might retire when they get like Alzheimer's or something like that. But most of these Did Supreme they, Court they, justices they don't retire; they die in office. Correct. And it's, it's about power, and that's what the Democratic's about. All these people stay in office way too long. On, on whether it's Supreme Court, I mean, there's no dignity here. There's no strategy amongst these people. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. If the majority of Supreme Court appointees have they retired or have they died in office? Because I I saw, I was actually looking this up before the show about the people before her. The person before her, I believe, retired, and that's how she got retired when Clinton. Um, became pre- became president in '93, and then he appointed Ginsburg. Like that was a strategic move. A retiree.
These are transgender Marxists, transgender black Marxists, who are seeking the overthrow of the United States and the dissolution of the traditional family. All right, and welcome to Swapcast. This is Phoenix Kalita. We're gonna see how this goes. I'm doing like 87 things at once right now. Hopefully we can make it through a Swapcast, all right. Um, today I actually kind of wanted to focus on um, not so much um, sex worker news, which is like typically what we do as far as like legislation, stories about um, sex workers' rights. I wanted to talk a little bit um, about doxing and internet safety. So today is, what is today? The 21st. So there's um, a couple days ago, there was a list that went around. It was put on a review board, um, particularly a, rev a review board based in the South. And it was a list of uh, how they <laughs> framed it was like terrorist hookers or hooker terrorists, which I'm actually amused by that sort of wordage. Um, and it was basically sex workers who um, have Twitter, a Twitter presence. So far, it's only Twitter users on it. Um, and it was sex workers who, you know, tweet about things like social justice issues, um, tweet about, uh, you know, maybe supporting Antifa, supporting Black Lives Matter, being opposed to police brutality, racism, those sort of things. And apparently there's some very conservative folks on this particular review board who are very upset with the notion of sex workers doing that. And so essentially they've gone around compiling a list of uh what they call quote unquote uh, hooker terrorists and um, so a lot of folks got justifiably freaked out I will say that this board seems very small it doesn't seem like it's used very often there's not a lot of interaction going on with this post so I don't think it's um, necessarily like an immediate like panic danger but definitely something to consider and be cautious about and so I just wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, doxing and internet safety and things like that. And there's also, um, you know, we should consider how to proceed as a community uh, when it comes to sex workers and allies and advocates and activists. Um, what happens when these lists go out? Um, the only way, reason I found out about the list is because someone else who I interact with pretty regularly on Twitter was also on the list and they found out from someone that they interact with regularly that they were uh, on the list. And so essentially I found out because like four people I'm removed from someone who I don't interact with just happened to have enough mutual friends that it hit me. Um, and I found out I was also on the list. And so there is right now like a discussion about whether or not we should be sharing the link publicly to this forum. I think that's a really valid discussion. I would recommend not sharing the link publicly myself, but I definitely think that if you see people on the list, you should certainly let them know. Um, apparently a lot of providers um, and activists, especially non-white activists, were on the list and not informed that they were on the list. That's a really big problem. Um, a couple of them are black and brown providers who work nearby, uh, like in the geographical region where this list, um, like where the like the where the website is hosted from. And so they were on this list of, you know, being basically being called domestic terrorists for supporting Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And they didn't even know that they were being named. And so we really need to focus on that just like as a community to get better about that. Um, you don't have to share links publicly. You know, we don't want to bring um, too many eyes and too much attention to these sort of links. But we definitely do need to let people know. So we really should work on creating some sort of um, protocols to make sure that uh, folks are informed if they are on these lists so they can, you know, respond accordingly. So, yeah, that's there's there's a lot 
going on in like behind closed doors sex worker stuff. Um, and so, you know, just keeping in mind that there's like these lists going around. I'm sure there's only going to be more of them as time goes on because everybody is, you know, a lot of conservative folks are like, oh, Antifa and, you know, um, yeah, you know, Black Lives Matter. Oh, they're terrorists and all that type of thing. So, you know, I get it. Um, but I want to pull up, which, of course, now I can't fucking find it because for some reason my screen refreshed and everything disappeared. Hey, gang, what you are hearing, you just heard um, some audio from uh, Talk Fury and some audio from Phoenix Collider Swapcast. So you heard uh, some Dr. Uh, Chelsea Springler. Well, Ch- Chelsea Springler is working on that PhD right now. I just say doctor preemptively to make misogynists mad if they do so dare to tune in. All right. And those full episodes are on Patreon, but they are not Patreon only. All right. They're public episodes, but they're on Patreon so that just in case someone wants to click over there like, hey, I want to hear the whole episode of whatever the fuck that clip was. Then maybe they'll be like, hey, maybe I'll sign up, throw a couple bucks at it a month, you know, to to choose to pay that tax. And while I still definitely make sure I get the clips out in between my hours on these mandatory seven day work weeks right now, it is 1259 p.m. as I am cutting, editing, moving audio around uploading posting i gotta do what i gotta do until 2 p.m and then at 2 p.m boom i gotta get to the door to the shift and then get off the shift at 11 p.m and then sort of relax my body after that and then get off to bed and then get up hopefully somewhere in the hour of 10 to 11 a.m and get right back to the podcast work and then get back to the factory and the thing about a mandatory seven-day work week is after the first week it's no longer a seven-day work week it's just continuous drudgery and so even though i'm i'm cognizant of the fact that i'm in continuous drudgery i have to like sort of fix my own brain to just be like this just means i have less time to podcast (laughs) right so i just have to um squeeze in like two and a half to three hours of podcast work every single day and just make it happen all right and thanks for holding it down thanks for folks hitting up the paypal.me slash phoenix and william hitting up the venmo uh, v-e-n-m-o it's like a facebook thing like extension of paypal and that one is uh at wine cellar meteor and phoenix Collider with the cash app with the dollar sign phoenix Collider, and of course the patreon where folks can just sign up on the monthly joint you know patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund and we'll just keep it cranking all right uh let's keep laboring thanks for uh laboring with me
With diet misogyny, I only slut shame women that have consensual sex before sundown. With diet misogyny, I can mask my fat shaming as health concern. With diet misogyny, I only hate black women. Man, that's racism. Thanks to diet misogyny, I'm no longer anti-abortion, I'm just pro-restrictions. The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit. Pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's Wine Cellar. Diet misogyny tastes just like a regular misogyny. Alright, and let's uh, take a look at our audio, as I always tend to do. (laughs) There we are. That's my instrumental. Alright, and this is my voice, and there's Facebook Live. And I might as well hop right into this. Um, So, I'm looking at this individual, uh, Lisa Ray McCoy who is the uh, a biological sister. I don't know if they have uh, one different parent, but I know they are biologically rated to, uh, related to um, the rapper DeBrat out of Joliet, Illinois. Joliet, all right? DeBrat just went back and forth between Chicago growing up, but they're actually from Joliet. They just repped Chicago because it's kind of like how Bill Burr and, and, um, and rape culturist Louis C.K., are not from Boston. <laughs> but when you say the name of the suburb, you got to do all this explaining so everyone just says Boston. I grew up in Pierce County, Washington State, between Tacoma and Spanaway. But living in Florida 12 years, living in Illinois 4 years, and living in Michigan for almost a month now, it's be like fucking Seattle. Everyone knows Seattle. You start talking about Tacoma, someone might know. That's a big maybe. Spanaway? Fuck no, they don't know Spanaway. The biggest shout Spanaway got was like, um, literally an episode of Beavis and Butthead, where they were joking about places in the Northwest with funny names, and they called Spanaway Spankaway. That's, that's it. A Beavis and Butthead joke is the claim to fame for the town of Spanaway. All right, but Lisa Ray McCoy and black homophobia. So I'm looking at this website. It's called Queerty, which is like, um, it's kind of like they're playing off of the, the keyboard, how the Q, the W, the E, the R, the T, and the Y are just right there. And, you know, there might be people in old forums in the late 90s, early 2000s that would make their name on the forum QWERTY. And so you just add an E and you got QWERTY for your website. And it's a cool name. And people recognize the keyboard joke immediately. It's a good click. And um, but to my understanding, these are white folks. And I think um, just as a black person that grew up watching death around black homophobia, you know, experiencing death as a child. Uh, around black homophobia or biphobia, I'll speak on it because um, if for black people who tend to be conservative leaning in poverty and in um, you know uh, middle class, upper class, rich, and all that, like they're not gonna respond to just some 
some white kid running up and calling you homophobe. They're not, because off top, you're white, so they don't trust you, uh, rightfully so. But I'll, I'll speak to this blackness and this black homophobia, and, um, <clears throat> and let's play this audio. So they're on a program uh, called The Queen's Dish, it, it, it appears to be. And uh, I'm not gonna front. I don't know this program. I don't. Uh, I don't follow a whole lot of celebrity stuff. This was in my uh, news feed because a um a, a black trans person uh, shared it. That's how I saw it, or, or else I would not Ladies, have. Um... So let's uh yeah let, let's let's give it a running start and check out their audio and I'll talk on it. I supported. I campaigned with them. And I was so disappointed when he did not win the, you know, the, he was in the governor's race in Florida. I'm talking about. Our- All right. They're mentioning Andrew Gillum out of Florida. This is a uh, Claudia Jordan speaking guy, Andrew Gillum. And there was reports that he was on a short list of uh, if, if Elizabeth Warren would have got the nomination, the Democratic nomination, that Andrew Gillum was on her short list of potential vice presidential candidates. Andrew Gillum, the brother from the good looking brother from Florida, marriage, family man. Remember, he was caught in the yep. hotel room with yep. some meth. There was some male escorts, uh, some dirty sheets. And I hate to even talk about this because I'm, no. I'm a supporter. But he finally came out um, and said that he, he's not gay, but he's bisexual. So He did come out? Yeah, I came out. Yeah, today. he did an interview the other day with uh, Cameron Manning, right? Cameron Hall. All right, so then that's Vivica Fox that comes in, and uh, if you're looking at the video, you can see Lisa Ray getting extra annoyed and then speaks up here. Yeah, he did an interview the other day with uh, Cameron Manning, right? Cameron Hall. Cameron Hall, I'm sorry. You know what, that's so unfortunate, I mean, because when you get busted, you know, and then you just forced to come on out with it. Yeah, see, and they're saying, like, get busted. You know, like, language like that. Like, that speaks to being in trouble for existing. And, you know, like, you you're make, make folks uncomfortable or afraid of coming out with, with your homophobia. Like, because you're home. We call it phobia because you have an irrational, illogical fear. You have no reason to just be afraid of someone because they are gay. That's why it's a phobia. But they're legitimately afraid because of your hostility. Your hostility speaks to potential violence. All right, let's see uh, some more of this. And it's almost like he could have pleaded the fifth still and said, look, this is still my personal life. This is my business. I don't want to say anything. But then we still would have looked at him sideways. So now. And now she's saying, see, so even if he would have. Um, been like this is my personal business she followed that up with we still would have looked at him sideways so now you're talking about like soft ostracization ostracization that ain't no damn word soft ostracizing right so you're you're still speaking to now a social violence even right there he gotta come on out and say well you know what I ain't completely completely gay I'm just bad (laughs) See, and like, and again, like, dude, do a little bit of clicking and searching on the topic, right? I ain't completely, completely gay. Look up Kinsey scale or something. Like, this is your commentary? How come I don't have their budget? <laughs> you know, I 
Lisa Ray, can I tell you? It is the world that we are living in. People are fluent. They are not afraid to love who they... And Vivica Fox came in blowing up the decibels, saying, uh, okay, so she's saying people are fluid, though she's probably not even using fluid the same way that... um. You know, uh, folks that I know that are uh, non-binary, you know, and um, and bi and whatnot would would use that language. And again, that that speaks to this, like really being something black. We were even together. People would look at us. Y'all have y'all over here, and then you come to find out they're on both sides. It's just a they new gotta day. Be See, and then they say like on both sides, they it's it's kept so binary, like. That's why you need someone like a Phoenix Kaleeder on this panel or a, v a Venus De Decella. I, I don't want to mispronounce um, their name, but Venus, Venus uh, DS on this panel. You know, like get somebody on here speaking that can provide a perspective that isn't because these are all skinny, cis, pretty black women that are famous and rich. <laughs> Like, it's a bit skewed when literally all four of these people, like, categorically speaking, are the same person. Outed. They gotta be busted. And it's right. like... And now she's saying they just gotta be outed. They gotta be busted. But, okay, is that a conversation that you have with a person where you kind of go, okay, let's just keep it real. Um, have you ever had a bisexual experience? You, gonna, you, just, you, gonna, you can tell that yourself because if you use your finger a little bit, you know what I mean? They can tell you. You get a little... <laughs> and, so, and now she's making jokes of it. So now Lisa Ray is speaking to soft ostracizing. They have to be outed. They have to be busted. And now just use your finger a little bit and if you get a little oomph, right? And like, so now she's also talking to... um unconsensual sexual contact with your finger that you did not preemptively establish before uh, having such an interaction with someone. You know, man, you know, <laughs> ladies, you know, have y'all you know? ever... And so, like, and that that's really what most of this article is about on um, QueerTea.com. Let me take a look at the uh, archive chat space. Okay, no one's there. It is uh, 1.27 p.m. I need to be off to the factory in 33 minutes. But, um... <clears throat> When you look at it, it's like, that's why my biological mother died. My biological mother died, didn't, she didn't die because deceptive down low brothers trying to trick our sisters or, um, or the white gay community, white folks teaching Africans to be gay. She died because he was closeted because it wasn't safe for him to be out. If it was safe for him to be out, Everybody could know what everyone's doing, how everyone's living, and she would have made more of an informed decision before she married him, and he wouldn't have uh, felt it felt it necessary or thought it necessary to um go out and cheat on her, and in in that act he contracted um uh, HIV AIDS and then brought that back to the household to her and she died um. I think uh, under a decade after that, like she lasted less than a decade with that um, with that disease in her, you know, while he's literally a carrier. We checked earlier this year. He's literally still alive, you know, from 1985, I think is around when he contracted 84, 85, um, because I was born in 83 and I was not born with it. 
So he, yeah, he he must have contracted it um afterward, or who knows, maybe even during pregnancy. Who knows, you know? But um, clearly he's had this shit for over three decades, so he's just like a super spreader fucking carrier. And to my understanding, the last time I interacted with him in early 2000, he was still closeted. And he and I he he had a car, and I'm pretty sure he can't just afford a car. And I wouldn't be too surprised if the car that he was driving around in the last time I saw him and I jacked him, that it was probably some woman's car, because that's what he's out there doing. You know, and and he's on his way out. You know, I'm sure he's in his 60s with AIDS and has been a crackhead alcoholic so long. Like, it's actually amazing that he's still kicking around at all. You know, but he's on his way out. What are you doing for young people now to not be closeted? Like, thank fuck we live in a kind of town here where you could, you know, drive around and there's, you know, a gay pride flag, a black gay pride flag, trans pride flag, Black Lives Matter flags everywhere all over the town. So if you're raising a young person here, you know, like it'll be a little better for them. But how do you spread that out more? And, you know, the, the, the shitty part is it looks like you only have that around these young black people out here because of the gentrification that's happening. So it's not helping that you have to have gentrification to bring that in. Black people need to bring that to the hood somehow. And on some level, I guess, um, stop being scared of the hood niggas that are going to want to push you out. Them OG hood niggas, we got to just start saying, fuck you, OG, cuz, like... Y'all niggas is on some old school whack shit that hasn't proven to be constructive. So we have to move in with these new ideas and we have to make these young folks comfortable. You know, but not like what Lisa Ray is doing. But Lisa Ray, again, is that old guard. You know, she's a Gen Xer. She's probably, um, let me look, uh, here, I'll, I'll look it up here. Lisa Ray McCoy age. Let's see. Okay, I just typed that in and clicked uh, enter. Yeah, she's 52 years old. You know, and and me, I don't have a lot of faith in people in their 50s changing. Maybe it's possible, but I don't see that. I see just seeding it into the new, right? It, it's kind of like how people are like, what? When Hil- Hillary was literally running, Hillary Clinton was running on a homophobic campaign to get a Senate seat... And because that was where the wind was blowing at the time to her. She wasn't really aware of the fact that it's like you're running out of New York. You're right there near the village. You're right where voguing and shit came from. You know, come on. Fake left a little bit more. You know, but that political animal didn't change. That political animal didn't um, grow. That Hillary Clinton may or may not be internally homophobic. But they just put out there what's out there. And at least Arabian, 52 years old... When she just said this bullshit out her face, I don't think Lisa Ray is going to grow up from that or learn from that or realize that such rhetoric, such ideals are just harmful and are only going to cause more pain and anguish and potentially death as it was with my biological mother, you know. And I will be joined. That's another thing that I'm going to be making myself do. Um, through these mandatory seven-day work weeks, as I keep getting the podcast done, the Talk Fury clip that you heard here and the Phoenix Cleater Swapcast clip that you can both get free 
on Patreon. You don't have to uh, be a Patreon subscriber. You can just go to Patreon. The episodes are there um, under our post if you scroll down. Um, I'm also going to be shoehorning myself into the world of black YouTube. Because from what I'm seeing, black YouTube doesn't really have any hard left progressive loud voices that also have a hood credibility right like you have like a benjamin dixon but benjamin dixon doesn't have a hood credibility you know so i'm like that extra step like when you come across like a lot of black socialists they're way too academic you know or um and this is no diss like i'm not no diss to like eric hudson but you know it's a black person that's in a relationship with someone white you know, and that doesn't always look right to a lot of black folks. So like me, I'm a black man with hood credentials, a crip background. I'm a hardcore progressive, anti-capitalism and married to a black woman. And I think I do need to uh, put myself into the um, the black YouTube world. <laughs> All right. So I am working my way into that. So, yeah, don't be surprised if you uh, if you're watching like a Michi X and a William Jackson comes up in the um, in the suggested videos within a year from now. Yeah, by this time next year, I, I should be in the suggested videos after someone clicks a Tariq Nasheed, a Michi X, a Tommy Sotomayora, and, uh, or a Jason Black, or a Boyce Watkins. I definitely want to, like, I want to use my episodes and titles and descriptions that I can weasel my way into the conservative end of black youtube like i want to get my fucking voice in the ear of those audiences because i think i'm slicker than them niggas <laughs> all right yeah but maybe that's the arrogance all right so yeah fuck that old homophobia shit and really old it's still going on right there's young homophobes right now and that's why we need to be spitting at young people getting at young people you know and i'll do it all right, it is um 1:35 p.m. I need to um go ahead and get myself ready to go because it is time to get on shift. Please be as safe as possible wherever you are. And there is the Patreon.com/slash/WineCellarMedia Fund where you can check out publicly available videos that aren't on the videos, uh, audio or video that are not on the regular podcast feed. The regular podcast feed will be more um mixed stuff like this as I just mixy blend with a few hours I have and then run to the factory, come back, rest, mixy blend some more. That's just what we got to do for these first few months, maybe even a year that I live in Michigan. It's just going to be like that. All right. Peace. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.